Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Minutes on Growth podcast, the show that brings you mindfully curated insights into relationships, spirituality, personal development, and everything in between, with your host, Tanaz Hussain-Four. Hi, everyone. It's Tanaz Hussain-Four, and welcome back to another episode of Minutes on Growth. Today, I have the lovely Christy Whitman with us. She is a New York Times number one bestselling author and life coach. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. We're so excited to have you on, especially because you are releasing a new book. And I love, love, love the topic, The Desire Factor, How to Embrace Your Materialistic Nature to Reclaim Your Full Spiritual Power. How yes. crazy is that? I love it because usually <laughs> we hear the opposite. You know, If you want to be spiritual, you can't really have materialistic desires and, and you're kind of normalizing that. Well, when you really think about it, if everything is energy and it is, we know that whether it's a desk or, you know, a plant or a computer or a human being, everything is made up of molecules, atoms, energy. And what is energy? It's the life force. And what is life force? It's it's God. It's God, you know, goddess. It's it's universal intelligence. It's where everything it's creator. So if money is energy and it's also form or a house or a car or a plant or you know, whatever it is, then Everything here in the material 3D world is also spiritual because everything underneath any kind of form is energy and all energy is pure potentiality, which is the divine. And so we, it's funny because we have this like long lineage of Bibles and religious and, you know, the whole thing of spirituality where it's like, you can't have money and be spiritual, which is so not true. Because it is, and it even says in the Bible, which is totally misinterpreted, that it says that money is the root of all evil. And the way it was interpreted was money was the root of all evil, which actually in the earlier testaments, it was greed. It was the, it was the greed is the root of all evil. So just because someone has a lot of money, it doesn't mean that they're greedy right? You do have, we we do see evidence of that, right? You see, there are some people that have a lot of money and they are also greedy. And it cracks me up. Like the the movies, like the olden days, I watched It's a Wonderful Life with my parents over Christmas. And I was laughing. I'm like, there's always the rich man in the movie who's the greedy, mean guy, right? It's like, well, we have so much evidence of that not being true. I mean, you could look at people that are very wealthy. They're a philanthropist. They're, you know, very generous with their money. They're kind. They're doing it to impact millions of people. And 
you know, they're, they're making a positive influence in the world. And so this is, these are these kind of people that you have evidence that you can have money, be very spiritually connected and do really good with your money. So for us to look at our limiting beliefs of, well, I desire this, but I can't have that because then that would mean I'm materialistic. Well, yeah, we are materialistic. We're spirit and material. We're non-physical and physical. And so if we have a desire for anything, we have to give ourselves permission and not talk ourselves out of our desires because we don't think it's right to have it. So, so, so true. And I agree with you. Like there are so many limiting beliefs that we could easily bust. Like these are myths that we can like, one of them that I always comes to mind is, you know, rich people are so dishonest. And I always ask my clients, I'm like, okay, do you tend to work with dishonest people or honest people? And everyone goes like, well, obviously honest. I'm like, well, in order to become rich, you need to have a lot of business transactions. So doesn't that kind of just like defeat the whole concept that you're saying? And they're like, yeah, well, I never thought about it that way. I'm like, exactly. We just take everything and we, we just ingrain it into our subconscious mind. And we try to look at it as the truth when it's just a belief that is keeping us from playing you know, the big game that we're destined for, that we're meant for. So yeah, it's perspective and perspective isn't either right or wrong. It's just, it's perspective Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and, and it isn't necessarily true even. I mean, we, you know, if you look at one of the, the laws that I talk about in the book, universal laws is law of sufficiency and abundance. And on one side of the spectrum, if you look at it as like a spectrum, on one side of the spectrum, you have lack and lack always feels bad. It's what we are programmed to believe. It's like separation consciousness, you know, drama, struggle, pain. And there's lots of evidence. We can see that, right? But there's also evidence on the other side of the spectrum of abundance, people that are thriving, people that feel good, that are happy and appreciation and gratitude, you know, and and different evidence of that. So there's like a spectrum on one side. If you're in lack, you feel bad. If you're on the other side of the spectrum, you feel good. And that tipping point is satisfaction. So if we find satisfaction, if we find a place of positive aspects and appreciating what we have, we move more into abundance. But whenever we're noticing that we're feeling bad or that our thoughts are pulling us down, whether it's the words that we say are pulling us down, like saying I can't or I should or you know I have to, like those kind of words, then we're coming from lack and we can only attract more of what we are. And I mean, that's important to know because it's not necessarily the only perspective. If there's evidence of lack, there's also evidence of abundance. And if you have a desire that literally plops down, you get this idea, it becomes a full-fledged desire, that desire came from a higher place. Any desire that is not harmful or hurting anybody else, right? That is say you might have a desire to start a business and you're like, oh my God, I love that idea, right? How is that desire bad? Because what is that business going to do? It's going to solve a problem for someone that maybe someone else didn't think about that. Maybe you have an invention, right? Maybe you have a piece of artwork that when someone looks at it, they feel lit up by it. You know, I, I read a couple of stories in there about when a couple of my desire factors were high-end purses, right? And these purses, like, you know, there was a creator, whether it was Fendi or Louis Vuitton or, you know, Dolce & Gabbana or Coach, like these designers had this creativity to create this piece of a, you know, a purse or a shoe or whatever it may be, they were using their creativity. 
And in using their own creativity, someone like myself said, Ooh, I like that. Right. There was a, there was a creativity that someone was a perfect match for. And it's like, why? So why is that bad? Because I appreciate high-end purses. Right. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I love this conversation because this is a conversation that has long time been like coming. Like it is time for us to have this conversation and kind of be like, listen, it's okay to want things if it brings you joy. And when we're in a state of creation, I always say like, is this for the highest good of not only me, but for, for humanity. And if I'm sharing it and I'm sharing my talents and I'm sharing my gifts, then that's actually a blessing. Cause if a yeah. desire exists within you, it's meant for you. I don't wake up in the morning and say, you know, I want to take a rocket into space. Elon Musk does that. So that desire is meant for him. Whereas my desire is so different. If we honored those desires as exactly as you said, they come from a higher source. So we kind of have to respect them and, and make space for them and, and create space for them to be birthed into the physical world from like yeah. metaphysical I mean, yes, the world exactly. would be so much more beautiful. I love it. So I am, I can't wait for this book to come out because I'm going to be <laughs> reading it and gifting it to everyone. Um, well, I, are- I've got a really great thing to tell you because you're going to love this. So when you go to the desirefactor.com right okay. now, you immediately get access. So you can pre-order the book right now. You immediately get access to three processes that get you aligned to your desires. And then when the book comes out in April, you get enrolled into a four-week live class that I teach with the council. And those are live group um, sessions. So you get like $900 worth of bonuses for buying a less than $15 book. Amazing. I'm going there right now after this call and <laughs> buying it because we need this. We need this out there. And so a question that came up to me is, based on your research and the work that you've done as a coach, what do you think are some common obstacles that stand in the way of people actually pursuing their desires and how can we actually go like overcome them? Well, the first one is our own mindset. So once, and you you said it beautifully, it's like you have no desire to get on a rocket, right? But Elon Musk might, right? There's, it's funny because like Michelle Obama and Oprah, they've been said, oh, you got to run for president. And both of them said, no, thank you. I was, I was told that from clients like a couple of months ago, oh my God, you should run for president. I'm like, nope, nowhere in my desire factor. It, there's nothing, you know, so my, I have other desires that, no way. Wouldn't even want to pursue that, look into it. You know, and I look at a friend of mine, um, you know, Marianne Williamson, who actually endorsed the, the cover of the desire factor. That's a desire factor for her. You know, she went in the process of running for the presidency, right? That politics is her thing. So having an understanding of who we are and what lights us up or not, right? If we, if having that awareness of, Ooh, yes, that feels good. Right. Or yeah, that's not, uh, uh, that's just not something I desire. Right. That's one thing, but having the idea, the desire to come in and to feel my way into it and go, Oh, I love that. And then to talk ourselves out of it. Right. So say that I did feel an alignment with running for president, which let's be clear. I do not, but say that I did. <laughs> right. I got, had this idea and I went, Ooh, yes, that's, that's something I'd want to do. And I felt my way into that going, Oh my gosh, yes, that's something. I, but then I talked, who are you? Who do you think you are? 
you can't, there's never been a female president, right? There, there's no way you don't know the first thing about doing that. How would you even do that? Right. There, the, the, the mind, which is such a beautiful thing, but it has this tendency to look for all the ways we possibly can't do something. And then we listen to that mind, not looking at what's possible and the, and how we, we feel about the desire and how much fun it would be or why the reasons we'd want it. We listen to that voice that says, who are you to do that? You can't do that. You don't know how to do that. Who would help you do that? You know, and, and we listen to that and go, yeah, that's true. I don't, I, I don't have what it takes or yeah, I don't know the first thing about it. Oh, well. And then we, you know, pretend that the desire that just literally birthed something in us now doesn't exist. And once a desire is born within us and we resist it, now we feel bad. Because that, that birthing of the desire was a pure energetic movement through us, and now we're resisting the flow of it. It's like trying to get into a river and resist, you know, resisting going down with the river. We're holding on to the boulder when this fast river is ta- trying to take us down, right? Instead of just letting go and going with it, we're resisting it and getting hit by the water and drowning and that kind of thing. So... That's one of the biggest obstacles is our own mind telling us the who, the where, the what, the how, all that stuff that we, we just can't, right? It's that lack perspective and it's inside of ourselves. Another big obstacle is other people, right? So you might have this desire to do something. I'll never forget when, you know, I've been an author for 20 years, been a coach for 20 years, and I was doing it you know, part-time while I was also a pharmaceutical rep. So about 14 years ago, I was in corporate America. I was making well over $100,000 a year at a fancy sales title at a biotech company. I was a sales training manager. And when I told my mom that I was quitting my job in this career that I'd been doing for, you know, 15 years, and I said, I'm going full-time in my coaching, she thought I was nuts. What are you thinking? What are you doing? right? Because first of all, she didn't understand why anybody would ever hire a coach, right? Still does, still to this day doesn't get it. She doesn't understand what I'd be coaching on, which is law of attraction, universal laws. That's my specialty on energy and universal, universal laws. And then she didn't understand online. What do you mean? You're going to, people aren't going to come and see you. You're going to do it on How do you do it with the internet? How do you, you know, so in her mind, she was like, that's, that's ridiculous. Why would you even do something like that? You know, the risks that are involved, how, you know, you're too old to do this. You're, you know, there are lots of things. So there's a lot of negativity and it's not that she didn't, doesn't love me or that she wanted me to fail. She was just in her mind concerned with all the possible things that could go wrong. Right. So not only is it our own mindset that can be an obstacle, but it's other people's energy and their opinions and things that can potentially stop us. Because if I would have listened to my mom, right, 14 years ago and said, yeah, I'd still be in corporate America, making a great living with my soul being sucked out, right? So I didn't let her or anybody else for that matter. I had a colleague that when I said I was, mo- I was quitting my job, and I was going to start opening my own coaching business full time. She's like, who are you to coach any? Who are you? Well, she says, who are you to tell anybody what they should do with their lives? And I said, well, first of all, coaches don't tell people what they should do with their lives. 
And second of all, I've been trained to do it. And third, I've had a lot of success using this philosophy. So that's who I am. But had I not had the answer to that, had I let that negativity, that probably would also have been something that stopped me. So these are two very common obstacles that we need to be aware of because we want to be able to reach our desires. They're ours. They're uniquely ours. The creator that is breathing us gave it uniquely to each of us. And when we follow it, yes, there might be, oh my God, you know, like excitement. There might be a little bit of fear, but as you process and work with that fear and move in the direction of it, it's, it's actually who you become in the process of attaining that desire. For the human being, we get the benefit of wearing the bag or living in the house or driving the car or having the bigger money or having to travel to that destination. For the divine that's breathing us, the creator in us, it's who we became in the process of getting to that destination. Beautifully said. I always say like our life purpose, our life dharma isn't a specific job or a specific career, but it's who we embody in during that process of, you know, fulfilling our destiny or, or going on that path. And uh, it's more of an embodiment versus a destination. So I really, really like that. And as you were saying, the second obstacle, I was thinking of something Tony Robbins says that, you know, especially when we're on this personal development journey and whenever we learn something, we get so excited and we're like, let me call my friends and family. And like, you want to tell everyone what you've learned, but he was like, you need to distinguish between your friends and family and your personal development tribe, right? They are the tribe that you want to go to and share with them because they're on the exact same journey as you. They have the same mindset. They're going to be able to understand you and support you the way that you, the type of support that you need to actually move the needle versus your friends and family. They could be lovely. I mean, we're not saying they're toxic. They could be the kindest people on the planet, but they just don't have the same belief system as us so distinguishing that and I always have to remind myself like you know Tanaz when the student is ready the teacher will appear you don't need to like throw it on everyone and be like you guys like this is the way the world should be yes (laughs) the right person will come to you and ask I, I learned that the hard way. And what I, what I used to tell the coaches that I've um, trained and certified over the years is that it's kind of like you have got this cake that is like the most beautiful cake and it tastes so good. It is the best thing ever. And you're eating this cake going, oh my God, this is fantastic. And then you go to your parents or you go to your friend or you go to your husband or your wife and you go, you've got to taste this cake. And they're like, no, thanks. And you're like, no, I'm telling you, this is the best cake ever here, taste it. Now you're in their face and they're like, I don't want any cake. And you're like, I'm telling you, you don't know what you're missing. You've got to taste this cake. And now they're pissed. They're like, get out of my face. Right. I tell people just, you know what? Enjoy your cake, eat your cake. Those that want to eat your take, taste your cake with you will taste your cake. Those that will aren't necessarily wanting to taste your cake. will see you enjoying your cake and wonder, what are you doing? right? What, wow. You look happy. What is it that you're eating over there? That looks pretty good. Can I try it? So, you know, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> as, as we embody, it's like, I always say like embody it. So you don't have to preach it. And people, anyways, people get so much easier attracted to actions versus words. I've noticed like there's always that inner critic is like judging, um, judging you. So actions are much easier to attract people through. Yeah, 
Yeah. And here's, here's something to really understand. If everybody, all your friends and family and everybody that you know, coworkers, whoever, if they fully understood your desire and what you're going for with your desire, they would have gotten the desire. You're the one that got it. It's unique to you. And that's an inner personal, very intimate relationship between you and you. It's not about anybody else. And it's not about having them validate your desire half the time they wouldn't even understand it like my mom i had this burning deep desire it felt passionate purposeful it felt you know every time i coached someone versus when i would go sell medication i mean i just felt totally in alignment i i couldn't explain that or have anybody else understand that unless they too had that same you know career path spiritual path and for me to try to describe that, well, someone could hear me and go, oh, she's pretty passionate about that. But for me, it was what was moving me. And it wasn't even a choice. It was like, you know, quit my day job and go start my own coaching business. Or, you know, I've got this book, say, for example, because all my books have been channeled through me. I have this book that wants to be out and I have the desire to put it out there, but I stop myself. That would just, that it, I wouldn't be flowing with the greater part of me, but I don't have to have anybody else justify or validate or approve of what my desire is because it's a very personal thing between me and my divine life partner, the one that's breathing me and beating my own heart. Beautiful, beautiful. Can you speak a little bit about hidden desires? What are hidden desires that you talk about? So there are hidden desires that all people have but we don't want to admit to other people. So for example, here's one. We all have a desire for more money. All of us, right? So for example, we all want to be in all sufficiency with money. Now, there might be different degrees for someone else being a millionaire, having a million dollars might feel like all sufficiency. But if you really sat with that, you're like, oh, no, I don't want to be a millionaire. Okay, so maybe your desire and all sufficiency would be having half a million dollars. But where you are right now, if you're struggling, if you're tired of you know, going hand, paycheck to paycheck, or you're just like just enough, you always just seem to have just enough, there's always this desire that, God, I just wish I had a little bit more. I just wish I could make a couple more thousand a month. I wish I could make a hundred thousand more. You know, it's all subjective, right? But it's like that desire for more money so that we have a better lifestyle, so that we feel more security or that we have more freedom. Most people have that desire, but will never admit it to people because it's bad desire. They consider it and deem it a bad desire. Wow. How can we get past that resistance in our mind? Well, it's allowing yourself right? First of all, I talk about the seven steps to achieving a desire in the book and they are all, they all build on each other. And the very first principle is alignment and understanding that alignment means having your consciousness be aligned with that desire. And our consciousness, when you really think about it is the words that we say, right? In the beginning, there was the word, like words have creative power. The very words that we say, words lead to thoughts, right? Thoughts lead to perspectives. Perspectives lead to emotions. And all of that leads to the actions that we take. And so aligning 
those different parts that nobody else has control over. Nobody can put words in your mouth. Nobody can think thoughts for you. Nobody can change your perspective. Nobody can feel for you. Nobody can take your actions. That's all an individual free will choice. And that's what we have control and influence over is our own consciousness. So if that's the case, we're the ones that decide that the words that I speak, the thoughts that I think, the perspectives I hold, the emotions that I'm going to feel and the actions I'm going to take are all going to be in alignment with that desire. I love that. And I love that you mentioned free will because it's always a choice. We get to choose what kind of reality we want to experience and step outside of that victimhood consciousness and say, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to take accountability for my reality. And I think it's a big shift, but more and more, these, with these conversations taking place. And I really think that the online world has created such a beautiful opportunity for creators, coaches, writers to share this knowledge with people. And then it's your choice. You can either take it and, you know, create a shift in your life or, or not, but that's the beauty of uh, free will. So thank you so much for mentioning that. Mm-hmm. If you had to give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Love yourself more. Allow in more love. Because, I mean, since I've been channeling the council for the last couple of years, that's what's really shifted for me is that the very breath that breathes me and you and each and every person loves and adores us. And never judges us the way we judge ourselves, never condemns us, you know, criticizes us, beats ourselves up, you know, persecutes ourselves. It's always in a place of love and acceptance. And if we can be, if I could tell that younger me to be more like the divine and love and, you know, if I fall down, pick myself up, but don't shame myself for falling down, right? Just love myself and go, oh, okay, just get yourself back up it would be a very different reality. So I'm grateful that I know it now and I've practiced that now. It would just been a lot easier. She knew that earlier. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. As you were saying it, I, I thought of Dr. Wayne Dyer where he would always say, think like the divine, talk like mm-hmm. the divine, act like the divine. And pretty much it means, you know, in an all loving, non-judgmental, compassionate way. That's such yes. a beautiful thing to say to your younger self. Thank you so much. Uh, last question. With desires and with the inner critic kind of, you know, telling us who do you think you are to want this desire? Do you have any mindset like hacks or shifts that you do like, do you experience that? First of all, do you experience your inner critic telling you who oh, you think yes. you are when you're leveling up? And what do you do in that moment? Like in that, just like in that millisecond when the inner critic comes up? Well, you have to understand that every, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Tony Robbins or Marion Williamson or whomever it is. We all have that mind. It's trained that way to look for danger. Our mind it literally is created so that, and it was, it's archaic, Right. But it's like to look and scan, is there a dinosaur? Is there a saber-toothed tiger? Is there, you know, is there something that's going to be a danger? I mean, even our minds doing that now in this day and age, as we walk down the street, we scan for, you know, oh, there's a dark hallway there, you know, or, or a dark alley. And it's like, don't, our mind tells you, don't go down that, right? So it's, it's looking to keep us safe and it's looking to keep us protected. And that's a good thing. You know, I, I've, I've had that naivety place where um, I was at a five-star hotel in Chicago 
And I had a couple of guys that were there and I was with my two kids and they were younger that didn't look like they were, you know, a person that would be staying at a five-star hotel. They had very raggedy clothes, very dirty. And I just, oh, just wanted to not be in judgment. And I didn't listen to my mind. And, you know, my mind was telling me these kind of like on Sesame Street, one of these things do not belong, right? It was like my mind went there and it had the watch out kind of thing. And I ignored it because I wanted to just be in love and light. And I didn't want to listen to that part. And so I got into the elevator with my two children. One of the men got inside with me. And as the door started to close, the other man got inside with me. And there was this arm that just like punched through the, the, uh, the elevator door. And the guy opened up the door and he told the two men, you get out, you get out. And the door closed. The guy that told them to get out came in the elevator and he turned around and he goes, these two men were not aggressive at the hotel. You were just a target. They were probably going to uh, rob you or worse. And he said, I'm a bellman at the hotel. The door opened, he gets out and the door closes. And I'm like, what? Like, what just happened? You know, my kids are like totally clueless, thank God. But they were like four and five at the time. And I got in the room and my heart was just racing. And I'm like, but I knew that. I knew that because my mind told me that but I didn't listen to that part of my mind, right? So it's not that we want to negate the mind ever, but to speak to that part of our mind and to go, okay, you know what? Yeah, you might have something here. Maybe I won't get in that elevator, right? But when the mind is telling you something irrational that, hey, oh my God, you know, you could lose everything if you do that, right? What, you, could, you could quit your job and you could totally fail, right? It's like, well, yeah, that is a possibility, but that's not what I'm going to entertain. Thank you for sharing that. You know, thank you for making me aware of the worst possible scenario, but I got this desire. I'm going to have complete and total faith and move in every, every action that's been laid out before me. I'm going to move in faith. And if the energy continues to flow, I'm going to follow that, right? So it's not negating or trying to kill the ego. It's, it's understanding that just like, the material world has a place in its spiritual in the spiritual world the mind in it, the oneness of who we are is there for us to utilize but we don't want to give all of our attention and let that mind control us we want to give more attention to the higher mind so, beautiful lots, so, lots lots of hacks <laughs> so give attention <laughs> to the higher mind talk to the mind understand the mind um have a conversation and say, okay, I see you, but I'm going to focus on elsewhere and I'm going to have faith. Beautiful, wonderful, wonderful tips. Thank you so, so much, Christy, for sharing all your wisdom with us and all your insights. It's been a pleasure having you on and I can't wait to read the book. Oh, thank you so much. You can go to the desirefactor.com for the book and the pre-launch, but um, I was going to say, thank you for, thank you for what you're doing to add light to the world and, and all you're doing in service. Thank you, Christy. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Speak soon. Thank you for joining us this week on Minutes on Growth. If you enjoyed today's episode, then make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now.